I was like, Monkey Shines. He's like, oh, that's a good one. You need to follow it up with Project X, starring Matthew Broderick. I didn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> I looked it up. He was like, yeah, it's a bunch of, it's about a bunch of baboons trying to be fighter pilots. And I was like, chimpanzees. Yeah, he was wrong. <laughs> and I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? Is there comedy? And he's like, I mean, kind of. <laughs> yeah. And it gets into the whole thing. I yeah. Yeah. Don't don't. But like we, I looked it up. Uh, I got I got as far as looking it up on IMDb, and then laughed really really hard. And I'm going to say why on the show, because when I tell you and Stephanie, you will both laugh very hard. So don't look it up on IMDb. <laughs> I am not looking it up on IMDb. Always <laughs> oh, I was not in the best frame of mind yesterday to start with. <laughs> right. Um, and like, I straight up forgot to watch it at all until about 9.30. Uh-huh. Um, so I watched the first hour last night, like I said, in the, the group chat. Right. <laughs> and Tell us more. I, I, I will. I will. Are we recording? Yes, we've okay. been recording. Since okay, before. so I'm sitting in the dark after waking up from an adrenaline crash nap. Um, and I, I finally remember to watch this fucking movie. I turn it on and first it just like jumps right into something. And I was very confused. And then the narrator comes on and is like, Johnson and Johnson, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, okay. It's an ad. We're fine. I didn't black out. For a minute. And so the ad ends and it goes to a black screen. It's like the, the Boston, uh, Capuchin, whatever trains monkeys. For yeah. This. No monkeys were harmed. Blah, right. Blah, blah. And then it goes to a black screen, and then it goes to, like, some weird red shit. And I'm like, what the hell's that? And then it flashes a monkey on the screen, and I'm like... <sighs> and then the monkey goes away, and then more of the shit is, is, is revealed. And then it flashes another monkey, zoomed in. And I'm like, god damn it! Come on, man! Can you... <laughs> so it does that, like, five or six times, and I'm just... I, like, scooted back from my desk and just, like, stared angrily, but also dejectedly at my computer monitor, like... This is my life now. Yeah. I, did, I did this. Yep. For the next hour and a half, this is your life. It's two hours. It is a an two hour. hour. And, it is an hour and fifty three minutes. Yeah. It is, oh, it okay. Is about two hours. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> do we want to just jump right in since we're here? Fuck it. Let's do it. Hi, kids. It's Candy Coat and Razor Blades. I'm your host, Bob, and I too will stuff a banana in your shoe if you piss me off. And here are my co-hosts, Stephanie and RC. Please introduce yourselves. Hi, everyone. I'm RC, and I fucking hate monkeys. <laughs> Do not like. And I'm Stephanie, and this is one, probably my number one movie to get high to and watch. <laughs> I love this movie. Today we are talking about Monkey Shines, George Romero's first studio film yes did not know that yeah it's his first studio film orion brought him in and we'll talk about it later because they fucked him over so hard they sure did and they fucked the movie over oh and the movie oh jesus christ um monkey shines is uh 1988 
So it is older than RC. It is the same age. The same you. fine. <laughs> the same age. Fine. Uh, but it's um. It was made for you, RC. Yeah, clearly, it was made just for that, you. So that brings up a funny point that I want to bring up. <laughs> okay. If you look at the timeline of uh, history, uh, the history of horror movie releases, for some reason in 1988, there were way more horror movies than most other years. Because they knew you were coming. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I'm like, well, I did this. I'm not sure how. (laughs) Well, 1988 was also the heyday of the the video store rental. Yes. So uh, there were a ton of horror movies because they knew that that's where they were going to get their eyes. Yeah, and... This is Monkey Shines gained a cult following after its release. Did horrible at the box office. Really? Uh, this was made for seven million, only made five and a half. This had a budget of seven million dollars yeah. in nineteen eighty-eight. Oh money. yeah. Yep. Yes. Yup. Last <laughs> last week last week we did Prince of Darkness, and that was what three million. That was three million. Three million. million. This is seven million. <laughs> A year later. Yeah. So I know I know what your opinion is. And um, do you think that this is worth 2.3 times <laughs> what Prince of Darkness is worth? It Just is, for Monkey Tiny alone. It is worth all of the gold and riches <laughs> in the world. It really is. I love this movie. Uh, it's not good. It is not a good movie. We, we never it's said it was good. That is true. That is true. <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, this is going to be one of those two rating movies. Yeah. Really. It really is. Um, but, uh, so, yeah, uh, Monkey Shines 1988, uh, director George Romero. Oh, come the fuck on. You know who George Romero is. Night of the Living Dead. If you listen to this podcast, you know who George Romero is. Right. Night of the Living Dead, The Crazies, Martin, Creepshow, which is on the fucking list. It's still on Shutter. Do... It is still on Shutter. Okay, good. So, we're going to have to do Creepshow sometime soon. Yes. Yeah. Yes, please. Uh, writers were George Romero and Michael Stewart. Michael Stewart is credited on IMDb as a writer, but he only wrote the novel. He did, he did that makes not sense. contribute to the screenplay. Yeah. The screenplay with George Romero. Uh, again, budget of $7 million. Gross box office was five point three. It is officially a flop. It made no money. Um, until afterwards with video rental. <laughs> uh, starring Jason Begg, um, who plays Alan, One Missed Call, G.I. Jane, Thelma and Louise, and every single fucking TV show with Chicago in its name. Oh, yeah. Clearly he lives in them. Chicago. Huh. All fucking four of them, playing the same character. <laughs> um, John Pankow plays Jeffrey, Mad About You, Morning Glory, The Secret of My Success, and and he uh, was in, up until like last year, year before, Madam Secretary. He also worked with Beg again in Chicago PD. Right. Yeah. Uh, he played a judge uh, as opposed to Beg's cop. Uh, Kate McNeil, who played Melanie, she was in Space Cowboys, Sudden Death, and the, <laughs> the original House on Sorority Row. Oh. And now she, she uh, hawks Christian yoga. That's what she does with her life. It's do because she did what, this movie. I was going to say, do you see what this movie did to people? <laughs> she loves Jesus. Jesus and the crossbar of a human winch. Anyway. Uh, Joyce Van Patten, who played Dorothy, Alan's mother. Um, Dick Van Patten's sister. I thought she was his wife for the longest time. Um, she was in Marley and Me, Grown Ups. I don't know who that is. Sick Van- oh, that's right, because you didn't grow up with uh, Eight is Enough. 
Oh, okay. Dick Spaceballs. And Spaceballs, yeah. He's the, he, he's the king of whatever the planet he's Princess is. Princess What's-Her-Face's father. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but Joyce is his sister. Hmm. So, um, she was in uh, Marley and Me, Grown Ups, Unhappily Ever After, which is a series. Um, Christine Forrest, who played the nurse, Marianne. Uh, Dawn of the Dead, Creepshow, The Dark Half, and she is George Romero's wife. Was. George Romero's wife. <laughs> Rest his soul. Um, she is easily the least likable character. Oh God, yes! Up to you killed my monkey. I hated her. Up to and including <laughs> the monkey. Like she was the one death that I was like, you know what? It's it's fine. Yeah, she kind of deserved it. <laughs> her and that goddamn budgie. <laughs> Stephen Root, who played Dean Burbage, his first film role. Yep. Even though. They told him he. They told him not to tell the press. Yeah. That because Crocodile Dundee came out a month before. That's dead. So, uh, but we know him from uh, a Office ton Space. Of things. Yeah. Uh, Office Space, Dodgeball, News Radio. <clears throat> so much voice work. Yeah. So mm-hmm. much. Uh, big on Gravity Falls. Yeah. Like um. Stanley Tucci. Yeah. Tucci. Oh, yeah. Hair. Young Stanley Tucci. Was some hair. Some hair. He was going bald with seventy percent hair. Right. Uh, he was Doctor John Wiseman, who was uh, a dick, but still could have gotten it. Right. Oh, totally. Because it's Stanley fucking Tucci. Even he can touch e- even yeah, current Stanley Tucci. He can Tucci me anywhere. God bless you both, because <laughs> I have a hard time when he's being sexy. Really? I have a hard time. Oh, I don't need the, him to the be moment, sexy. He just looks. I the, think so. The moment that he went on the Graham Norton show. Mm. And had a look on his face like he knew the answer to a question that he wasn't going to say on the Graham Norton show, which <laughs> was, and I quote, what wine pairs best with eating ass? You could tell <laughs> you could tell from his face that he knew the answer, and I respect that. <laughs> from experience. <laughs> No, I was just like, he can be funny at me, like he was in Easy A. He can totally be funny at me, and I will drop my drawers. It's gonna happen. The the (laughs) thing is, I always the first thing I saw him in was a a movie nobody remembers called Undercover Blues, Mm -hmm. and he was this assassin named Muerte. My name is Death. That's hilarious. And Dennis Quaid would be like, oh, hey, Morty. And it would just get him (laughs) more upset. So by the end of the movie, he's just like full berserker rage. Yeah. That sounds fucking hysterical. Yeah. Oh, no. It used to be one of my favorite movies, but like it it just kind of got forgotten with time. Mm. Um, I don't know how well it aged, but. uh, Yeah. That joke. I'm assuming. Yeah. (laughs) So. But so anytime I see Stanley Tucci, whether it be Lovely Bones whether it be Hunger Games, mm-hmm. Big Night, um, this movie, Prada. Devil Wears Prada, whatever, I see Morty. <laughs> so that's my problem. <laughs> Stanley Tucci. Like, it's a deliciously furry chest. And I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> it was very nice. Oh, yes. It's still very nice. So, um, Janine Turner, who played Linda, she was Northern Exposure. Uh, oh, she's, she's the, the Christian maid. yoga girl. Is she oh, the okay. she's the ex. She's the girlfriend at the beginning that yeah. leaves him. Right. Yeah. Not Mel. She's the, blonde the crazy one. Christian yoga chick. Mel is the blonde one. You Mel is the blonde one. Yeah. Right. Jin, uh, Linda is the dark-haired one. Yes. We will talk about her badly. Uh, Northern Exposure, Cliffhanger, Steel Magnolias, Friday Night Lights, and then Boo, who plays Ella. She's a fucking monkey. 
Excuse me. He is a fucking monkey. Hilarious. Which is completely hilarious because later on in the film, they talk about how male monkeys just piss everywhere. But I guess they could only get a male monkey to play the part because he was the best trained. They <laughs> had a couple monkeys. They did, but for the But main, he was the, the main shot. one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the primary shots, it was a male monkey. Uh, you can definitely tell that they use several monkeys because one of them is yeah. just fat. It's oh yeah, <laughs> one is a little <laughs> chunker. The little fat one is just like, ah, I'm like, oh, you need to come home with me. I want a monkey. Why so let me have a monkey. I was talking to a friend of mine about this movie. I, I kind of, I kind of teased this to to Bob, um, and I was like, yeah, we're, we're going to be talking about this movie today. And I was like, the movie's as old as I am. And he's like, oh, what movie is it? Because he really likes old horror. And I was like, oh, it's Monkey Shines. He's like, I fucking love that movie. <laughs> Damn right. And then, yes! But then he says, you know what you need to follow it up with? Project X starring Matthew Broderick. And I'm like, what is that? He's like, it's a bunch of chimpanzees getting trained to be fighter pilots. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, hang on. <laughs> None of this sounds real. No, we're not pausing no, because no. no 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 I'm gonna add I'm gonna add on to this like because there are fucking layers. Oh, so then I'm like, this doesn't fuck. sound real. So then I go through Matthew Broderick's filmography on IMDb, mm-hmm. which of course is very long. Right. But I knew it was about the same time as this. Right. It was actually the year before. Mm-hmm. And I, I looked at the movie, top build cast, literally every monkey, and then Matthew Broderick. <laughs> that's why nowadays matthew broderick looks haunted and dead inside because once upon a time he got got lower billings than a bunch of monkeys 30 30th build apes chimpanzees are apes not monkeys yeah monkeys have tails yes (laughs) it's that and the 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 Per, the people he killed in that car accident. He's just yeah. dead inside now. <laughs> and and potentially just Sarah Jessica Parker. We are Yeah, she, she she's devouring his soul. What <laughs> happened to her, man? I do not like Sex in the City. I didn't get into it until the last season, so I just kind of vaguely like it. So. I was I was deathly ill and watched it on my friend's couch. That's the only reason I've watched it. Yeah, that's the only reason I watched Lords of Salem too. <laughs> You know how many times I've tried watching Lords of Salem? Oh, God. I've never made it through it. I watched that on a NyQuil high and then reviewed it on the blog. Because (laughs) it had to happen. Oh, it was the worst. Fucking worst. NyQuil Bob sounds funny. NyQuil Bob is fucking hilarious. (laughs) According to to NyQuil Bob? According to NyQuil Bob, yeah. Okay, well... (laughs) Bob's Take that with a grain of salt. Bob is currently on Dayquil, so maybe a little bit of Dayquil Bob going on. Saying, <laughs> but I am not carb coma like last week. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, plot. Law student Alan Mann awakes early in the morning to exercise. His name is Alan Mann. Is. Sorry, I just had to reiterate that. <laughs> as opposed to Ella Monkey. Anyway, <laughs> leaving, leaving his girlfriend, Linda Aikman, in bed. Alan goes running with a backpack full of bricks to weigh him down like a dumbass. We've had this conversation. Piling yes. weight on yourself for endurance training just means you have a literal sack of bricks weighing you down so you can't move as fast as you should. But then you take the weights off and you are like the wind. Right. But 
that generally requires that you just constantly carry bricks around for people uh, who train for marathons are fucking psychopaths. There's that. You know that. We have. I mean, we've already had the bleeding nipples conversation. Yes, we have. You lose your nipple. Yeah. Just the slick fabric that they wear in those running shirts that's supposed to help you wick sweat away. Just rubs your nipple away like fucking sandpaper. No. 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 So anyway. But we did, however, get to see his delicious booty. Yes. Oh, that was a nice ass. That, kids, is just before I came out. (laughs) (laughs) He is thinner than I usually go for, but usually. still 100% yes. Super furry. Much like Stanley Tucci. Much like Stanley Tucci. I'm like, oh, I just want to bury my face in that fur. In that fur. Anyway, the, the thirst is real, kids. A dog startles Alan into the street, and he is hit by a truck. At the hospital. And he does a beautiful, yeah. beautiful pencil turn in the air. A full oh, twist. He was taught by Mary Lee Redden. Yes. He really was not. Tens, tens, tens across the board. <laughs> Lost all of his bricks, though. Yeah. Yeah. He did. Poor bricks. He doesn't need those bricks anymore. He doesn't anymore. Wah, wah. And that, until, oh. he until he does. Until he does. Until he does. Dr. John Wiseman operates on Alan's spinal cord. However, the accident has paralyzed Alan from the neck. That is yeah. not and a it, fun scene. No. It's not a fun scene. I also enjoy that the doctor's name is Wiseman. And as yeah. soon as he walks in, he's such a wise guy. Yeah. Is he out? Oh, wow. He's got a hairier ass than me. Right. Oh, da, 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 this moron. I'm like, damn, you are a sassy surgeon. Dr. John Wise. Ugh, wise, ass. wise. Wise crack. Wise crack or whatever. Huh. What a douche. Douche. Ugh. So the entire time that they're cutting into his spine, I'm getting like <laughs> sympathy chills. Like no, seriously, no, no, no. Oh, it's rough. There are some things that I do not like to watch in film: things under the fingernails, things in the eye, and scalpels. I don't like. To Generally watch speaking, now. I can deal with scalpels for whatever reason. Scalpels on the neck and spine are yeah. different. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Needles no, I, are my thing. I was watching um, Handmaid's there Tale. There was plenty of both. There, there are. <laughs> yeah, I was watching Handmaid's Tale, Handmaid's Tale last night and got a fucking twofer. Because there's this one character that's in the hospital and of Joseph now has to monitor her because she's her walking partner. Sure. And during one scene, they just slice into her leg to put in a stent. Um, she's like brain dead. She can't, you know, nothing. She can't feel a damn thing. Um, but in the other scene of Joseph is going fucking insane and she reaches into the sharps container to get a scalpel and comes out with a finger full of needle. Ooh. Oh my God. That's no problem. Oh, no man, no. At all. no. <laughs> yeah. There's plenty of scalpels and needles in this movie. Oh, totally. Cause <laughs> it's, it's kind of medical horror. It's a little bit body horror. A little. If they not. if they kept the scenes in that they were mm. going to keep in, it would be more medical if work. If they did, yeah. Uh, literally, they cut out about 50% of what Romero wanted. Right. In this film. Um, and this is what they kept in? Mm-hmm. It was Orion Pictures. What did you expect? Orion's not great. They don't exist anymore. They, they? No, they do They not. very much went under. They did. <laughs> they did. And that was I after, wonder why. Yeah, I, well, that was after. Let's see. Let me go to my talking points. <laughs> um, 
That was after The Dark Half, which was also directed by Romero, which Orion also executive meddled the fuck out yeah. of and was also a financial flop. Yeah. And we on the podcast have an opinion on executive meddling. We do. <laughs> we do not like executive meddling. Seriously, you've given this person the money to make a movie. You're supposed to trust the person making a movie to make the movie that they want to make and deliver that to you. And then you're supposed to market the movie that they make. Do not fucking just mess with shit. Don't tell your editors, excuse me, to take out important shit. Don't tell your editors to make a new fucking story out of what's there. Tell the story the director wants to tell. You know, tell the story that's in the fucking script. Yeah, there might be rewrites to the script and you might have to make some changes. But for fucking real, man, leave it the fuck alone. And Orion did a lot of this shit before the movie came out. Right. Yeah. And then they had to go in and fix the ending. Yeah. Because they didn't like the ending that Orion gave it. <laughs> yeah. For real? The audience was like, uh, what, what is this bullshit? Right. Right. I mean. I, I assume th- that we'll get into what that ending is. Yes. Oh, yeah. We'll talk. Okay. Mm-hmm. We will talk about it. But, um. But no, seriously, for fucking real companies, trust your directors. Trust your writers and trust your directors. They have the story. They have the vision of that story. You hired them for a reason. For real. That's what confuses me. I know. You saw the talent. You saw the talent. Trust them to make you money. And if they don't make you money, then don't hire them again. You know, that's how that works. Pretty simple. Yeah. And, And also, producers, start letting them make some original fucking content. Also, yes. For fucking real, man. I mean, even if it's adapted from a book, fine. Don't rely on franchises. Don't rely on sequels. Don't rely on remakes. Because those are not always going to make you money. Right now, you're just introducing people to new to, to older stuff that they hadn't maybe looked at before. But And also, I'm very sorry. I have the chest cold from hell. So that's why I sound like this. Um, but just don't. Don't rely on that shit. We want to see new content, which is why we'll, we'll get into shorts from time to time, because that is new original content that we wouldn't have seen otherwise. You know, trust your people. Thoughts? <laughs> no, I, I'm, you I said it. That. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so going back to plot. Uh, Alan's mother, Dorothy, holds a surprise party to welcome hum- him home after a lengthy hospital stay. Before Ellen arrives, Linda discreetly packs her belongings before she breaks up with him because she's that bitch. When Ellen arrives in a wheelchair, Linda apologizes for not visiting him in the hospital because she's that bitch. In the, in the kitchen, Linda leaves a telephone message for Jeffrey Fisher, Ellen's friend and former roommate, asking why he's not at the party because she's also that bitch. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jeffrey is at the Experimental Medicine, Labor- Experimental Medicine Laboratories. Ugh, at the local university. Sorry, that is one part that I just didn't know what to do with when I was fiddling mm. with this. Uh, at the local university, working on a memory experiment, removing a human brain from a canister labeled live human tissue. Have a someone. Have a someone. Have a normal. normal. <laughs> um, Damn it. Wait. Live human what? tissue. Live Even human though it's not tissue. live human tissue, right. it's dead human tissue. Yeah. Uh, he creates a serum with the brain matter. <laughs> and after is, in fact, very frozen. Yeah. Very, very frozen. <laughs> after flash freezing it, because that's going to somehow make incompatible tissue types work together. Uh-huh. Um, and tests it on monkey number six. By unquote. just 
shaving off some truffle brain and putting it in some liquid and just shoving a needle in a monkey. It's right in the veins. <laughs> just wherever Fuck the needle it. lands, that's where it's going. Pop. Yep. Later. There's no consistency no. with that throughout just the movie. Not at all. Just hit him with the needle. Right. Done. That's supposed to be intramuscular. Magic. Later, Jeffrey drives to Alan's house, finding his friend in a hospital bed. Jeffrey apologizes for missing the party. Alan despondently tells him that he thinks Lisa broke, Lisa, Linda broke up with him because she cannot handle his quadriplegic state. Or maybe it's just because she's that bitch. <laughs> to be fair, that bitch is getting Surgeon D. True. So, Which, not that fuck I condone them both. It. Not right. that I condone it, because I don't. Both but of yeah, them fuck can, them both. Yeah. Right. He should be completely understandable that he can't necessarily do anything down there. Well, well, they say maybe has, not right away. His, he has his, full access to his mouth. I'm his buddy, saying. his buddy's like, "Well, if she left you, fuck her." And he's like, "I can't." <laughs> that part was actually yeah. really sad. It was, it was super sad. It was. It was super sad. It's like, oh damn, you can't. Like, but you can have somebody else fuck her and watch. There's tons of things to be done. Right. You still have a working tongue and eyelashes. Do you know what you can do with eyelashes, fucker? <laughs> do it. Do it. <laughs> Butterfly kisses all over that clit. Let's go. <laughs> Hot damn. That was said. <laughs> that got. That you went, said that words. Yes, it did. <laughs> Returning to the university. Jeffrey chases off animal rights activists and finds himself in trouble with Dean Harold Burbridge, head of the experimental medicine department, who inquires about Jeffrey's human memory cell serum and tests and the test monkey's reactions. However, Jeffrey advises Burbridge that it's too early to tell because you literally just shaved off brain matter, dissolved it <laughs> like a fucking jello packet, and injected it into another animal, which more than likely than not more likely than not is gonna cause Kuru. Do you want Kuru, Jeffrey? Nobody wants Kuru. That's the that that's the thing that I I I struggle with. Um the it's memory cells, mm-hmm. right? I don't I'm I'm not a brain person. Yeah. I don't know about the brain. Right. But um does every brain cell have memory cells in it? Is that why you just um, cavalierly just shave off whatever part of the brain you I want? Think the it, short version is kind of yes. Okay. <laughs> I am also not a neuroscientist, but I know a little bit and kind of yes. Okay. The, the ganglions in the different sections of the brain do lead to connections that lead to memories uh-huh. in, in response to different stimuli. Okay. So yes and no. Right. Okay. There is, there is, I believe, a a complete section of the brain devoted to memory, like mm-hmm. long term memory, things like that. But everything else is just kind of scattered through the different sections of the yeah. brain. Yeah, I just, you know, not not to be splitting hairs on your on your frozen truffle brain theory. Hairs. You know, I just I wondered about that. Please Did continue. Did you feel good about that joke? No. Good. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Returning to his lab. Jeffrey injects more serum into number six because he's an idiot, but not seeing a change in her intelligence, he thinks she needs to interact with more humans so he can be sure she's not just going to fling actual shit at the college investors during his peer review. The following morning, Jeffrey visits Alan, but Alan has attempted suicide by suffocation because his life sucks and his live-in nurse Marianne is a pain in the ass. After Jeffrey calls an ambulance, Alan is again placed under Wiseman's care, and Jeffrey is not too pleased about the treatment Alan is receiving. Linda, that bitch, shows up, and Jeffrey asks why she's there. Asks why she is there. La la la. Wiseman stands next to her and tells Jeffrey that they're dating. Upset, 
Jeffrey returns to Ellen's room, but since he's a coward with a big mouth through a lot of this movie, doesn't. Are you going to say? Are you going to say the line? Do it. He calls her a clinical cunt. <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> it's <Yep>. beautiful. <laughs> it was. I hate that word. Right. I hate that word. Oh, I, but when he says it, either. he's like, "And you, you're a clinical cunt," and I'm like. Yeah, that, that was a bravo moment. It yeah. really was. It really was. Be- I mean, fuck, dude. She is a heartless fucking Oh, yeah. Bitch. she's a, She is a, a trash person, a dumpster fire Absolutely. of a person. Because I mean, I just can't handle this. You're quadriplegic now, and I just have to take care of you. And, I- and the doctor's so just, that, and Tushi's that, just as bad. He's right? just like, oh, hey, um... Your, you know, your boy just lost use of his body. I want you to uh, come over here, baby. <laughs> right. So, the burden thing, I'm very double minded on yeah. because I think that there is a completely reasonable time at which that gets to be too much. Oh, absolutely. She, however, clearly had been fucking the doctor <laughs> well before he even came home, and that oh, became yeah. an issue. Yes. Oh yeah. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah they they'd been. They've been going at it for a while. Yeah. Like um, if you if you if you cannot handle this major change in in life, you can't handle that this major change in life. There's ways to handle it appropriately. Yes, absolutely. Fucking the surgeon that worked on your ex. Yeah. And then just kind of disappearing into the night that's is not, not how you do one. it. No. no. That's unhealthy <laughs> on all counts. <laughs> That is just no. That that is, you don't feel good about yourself, Linda. You don't. No, well, she shouldn't. She, no, she shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, there's Neither no reason to be Wiseman. Yeah. So. No, but he loves himself. Oh, he absolutely does. He's, <laughs> he's more than doc- anything else. He's yes. an '80s doctor. Which he is. Means not only does he love himself, he loves himself enough to feed his nose the very best. In cocaine. <laughs> yep. The very best in cocaine is what happened there. Um. <laughs> but no. I, Granted, her breaking up with him is was for the best. Oh yeah, it really was. Oh, he's way better off without that bitch. Seriously, I mean, and, and yeah, it hurt. Yeah, it was like immediately, like he wasn't even home yet, and she was packing her shit. Yeah, I'm like, that's it's rude, but you know what? Glad to know that you're a bitch. Yeah, bye. so long, and girl. Bye. I can Ooh, move forward with my life now. Thanks. Right. Bye. Bye. Bitch. Bye. So, to try and make make things better for both himself and Alan, Jeffrey drives to the country to meet Mel Parker, uh, Melanie Parker, a trainer of helper primates who assists quadriplegic individuals. Learning that there are no monkeys currently available, Jeffrey offers to donate one from his lab like a dumbass. Melanie agrees after Jeffrey lies and says the primate has not been exposed to abnormal experiments like a dumbass. After Melania trains the monkey, she and Jeffrey go to Alan's house and introduce him to his new companion, Ella. As Melanie and Alan's live-in live, live in nurse, Mary Ann, bring in, uh, bring in Ella's cage, Jeffrey tells Alan that he smuggled her out of his lab, but not about the serum injections. Melanie visits several times to equip Alan's house and wheelchair to help him communicate with Ella with voice commands and laser pointers. Uh, through bonding with Ella, Alan feels better, a.k.a. less suicidal, and is able to return to law school. Do, do you or your little friend have the answer? <laughs> <Alan>. <laughs> uh, raising, his hand, raising her hand. 
It was awesome. adorable. Answer the question. It was the best thing. As much as I hate monkeys, that was adorable. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm assuming at some point in here is where things started to f- go off track in terms of the editing. Because I maybe you know better. Like there, there's the scene that got cut with uh, Alan, and he's getting the brain surgery done. And it's like, did they did they take a bit of Alan's brain and inject it into Ella? That would make a later plot point makes. It would make a later plot point make more sense, but I don't. No, I, I don't know if perhaps, because I'd have to see it in context, and I haven't seen any of the, the deleted scenes in like a long time. Right. Um, I think in context, it was meant to be the fact that he had to have brain surgery to fix something to do with the paralysis. Mm. Okay. Um, but then Jeffrey used the sliver of brain in Alice's serum. Right. I think, but I don't know for I th- sure. Yeah, it's something it convoluted like that. Yeah. That's the, also not how anything works. No, it is. <laughs> it is, in fact, not. Um, but uh, one afternoon, Alan shows Jeffrey how Ella can make telephone calls with assigned punch cards. Jeffrey marvels at Ella's increasing intelligence as she calls his lab, but becomes upset when he hears Dean Burbridge answering the telephone. Furious at Burbage uh, breaking into the lab, Jeffrey goes to confront him. Instead, Burbage asks about the missing monkey. Jeffrey lies again and says the monkey died weeks ago, but it was not the animal involved with his brain matter experiment. Later, after Marianne has put Alan to bed, they get into an argument over Ella. When Marianne leaves, her bird, Bogey, flies in and starts pecking at Alan's face. Fucking budgie. Uh, Why for help. do you have the bird flying around the house? I know. I know, with someone who cannot defend himself from the bird. And we all know, I love birds. I've had pet birds. I've killed pet birds. Because I'm a dumbass and know, I now know not to keep them right above an air conditioning grate. Um, I had a tiny little apartment. I didn't know where to put the bird. Um, but this person cannot defend himself against the bird that will fly around the house being a bird. Yeah. Because they're birds. Yeah. And called out to you. Right. Many times. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. The birds are just tiny little dinosaurs and they know it. They know it. Fucking chickens. When they look oh, at no. You, ooh, when they look at you with that fucking death stare, <laughs> the chicken knows that it used to you be. You know how hard it is to run away from a chicken? <laughs> They're so fast. They, they are, are very fast. <laughs> they will get you. They'll get you. <laughs> I, I grew up in the country. Things happen. Just don't worry about it. <laughs> you were chased by so many chickens, weren't you? <laughs> there was one. There was one who was just like out, and my uh, friend Stephanie, whose house I was at, was just like, "Yeah, he just kind of wanders around the yard. He doesn't really go anywhere." It wasn't a he; it was a she. Mm. Um, and I was like, "Oh, cool!" So I like went outside to try to pet the, pet chicken, the chicken, and that apparently was like the worst possible option so then there was a lot of running um and then i I went inside there was a bunch of people there i went inside and we watched a movie and the chicken just like death glared in the door at me for like the remainder of the movie oh shit just like oh okay i guess i guess sorry (laughs) like i don't (laughs) 
C for chicken. Chickens are dicks. <laughs> Not as big a dicks as turkeys. Oh, no. no. Turkeys are dicks and they're stupid. So at least they can be easily, easily like, you know, led astray. But still. Ugh. Goats, on the other hand. Goats can be dicks. Goats can be dicks, especially if they want to eat the clothing that's literally on your body. But they're typically weirdly smart. Oh, Which makes me wonder guys. how they got away with Black Phillip. <laughs> We're going to talk a lot about movies later. Moving on. Not movies. <laughs> well, movies, yes, but animals in movies. Oh, we'll okay. We'll talk about that later. Okay. So. All right. Um... When Marianne leaves her bird, Bogey flies in and starts pecking Alan's face. Hearing cries for help, Marianne returns, but almost pushes Alan onto the floor, trying to get the bird. Angry, Alan orders her to get rid of Bogey, but Marianne ignores him, reacting to Alan's anger. Excuse me. Ella escapes her cage and sneaks into Marianne's room. Ella kills Bogey and places the bird in Marianne's slipper like a banana peel. <laughs> we all know where this little bit of fatal attraction nonsense is going, don't we? And you see the little monkey hands go like do 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 Yes, the clearly not terrifying tiny monkey hands. Clearly. The following evening, after Alan's mother appears for a surprise visit. Marianne accuses Alan of sending Ella to kill Bogey. Though denying it, Alan shows no remorse over the bird's death. And would you? No. He goes, this is this is the first instance in the movie of what I call... Um, uh, his monkey rage. Monkey rage. <laughs> his Marlon Brando phases. Oh, God, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, he totally because gets Brando through this whole game. He dr- when he goes Only when he's mad, angry Yes. His lips get very thin... And then he starts trying to talk like Marlon Brando. He does. That is and exactly I what happened. don't understand why... It was 1988. Anger into, into makes yeah, him have you do seen that. Him? <laughs> yeah. I think had I seen him as a one-year-old, I would have been into Marlon Brando. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do still have that one picture of him just kissing on a dick. I'm like, thank you, Marlon Brando. Thank you so much for that. Oh. It's just it's just Marlon Brando in profile with a penis right here. Like Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And rumor is that that is James Dean's dick. So <laughs> But I cannot corroborate nor confirm. So um anyway uh, Dorothy tells her son that Marianne's quitting and she'll be moving in to help. Hooray! Oh, that's so exciting. Right. Uh, while assisting Alan into bed, he sees his hand move on its own, but Dorothy blames his imagination. That night, Alan dreams he's in Ella's body, running outside, free as a bird. Hurrah! <laughs> Hurrah! <laughs> um, Alan, the next day, Alan tells Melanie and Jeffrey about the dream. To reassure Alan, they inspect the house to see if Ella could go outside. In the attic, Jeffrey sees a torn window screen, but doesn't tell Alan because we already know he's a liar, kids. Why uh, the fuck does he lie about that? I, know. I have questions about the attic scene. Mm. So, ignoring the fact that he lies about clearly finding the window with the torn screen. Mm. They talk a lot in the movie. Yeah. Before this part, especially, about how trained Ella is. Mm-hmm. Why all the poop? Because a monkey... 
even a capuchin monkey really at its most intelligent is only going to be about the intelligence of a toddler. So they can't control their bodily functions. And it's probably much like a rat or, or any, any other small animal. Mm-hmm. It's best not to teach them to not go to the bathroom. Right. You can teach them this is where it's acceptable to go. But if they got to go, they got to go and they're going to. But the problem that I have with that line of reasoning is yeah. they say that they don't really go up in the attic often. So right. it makes sense if there was poop all over the attic. Yeah. But there's not. It's just by the window. Right. Yeah. She's well, again, she's got to she's got to handle business before she goes about right. her nightly routine. And Jeffrey is a liar face. <laughs> That's why there's only poop by the window. <laughs> Don't really know how that tracks, but all right. <laughs> Je- Jeffrey is a liar face. Ellen's a psycho. She gets outside. She goes and runs and plays, and she beams her brain into Ellen's, and that's how that works. And again, she takes big old poops in celebration. Right. It's like, <laughs> uh, please, <laughs> a celebratory poop. Oh, I had a Who good hasn't night. Been there? Yes. <laughs> oh well. This was a late good night. night. Taco Bell got it. Uh, uh, no, we said a celebration. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've gotten Taco Bell in celebration. You get Taco Bell in celebration. You do not get the... No, yeah. The poop itself is not celebratory. (laughs) The poop is burning hell. (laughs) Burning. Down, down, down to a burning fire. Anyway. (laughs) Where the fuck was I? Um, He also puts down Ellen's idea of having a telepathic connection with Ella because that's not the kind of brain changes he was testing for at the lab. Uh, later, in light of his hand moving... Is, is is that the hill that you're going to die on? That that's the part of this that's unreasonable? Yeah. <laughs> like, if There's I... There's a lot of this that's unreasonable. I'm not dying on any hills. If <laughs> I was studying monkeys and injecting them with crap and trying to make them smarter and bloppity bloppity bloopity, mm. I would be so stoked if my buddy said, hey... So I think I have a psychic connection with my monkey that you gave me. I, would I believe him? Maybe not a hundred percent, but would I go, that's Mm. interesting. Yeah. Hypothesis. (laughs) I'd like to maybe study this further. I wouldn't be like, ah, fuck that shit. Well, he (laughs) he may be of the vein of, 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 I don't even know what the fuck he is. Uh, the vein of scientists who don't believe in psychic powers. Okay. So most of them. So most of them, yes. I guess that's fair. I just, anything anything out of the ordinary, if I was a scientist, I would go, hmm. Especially after I'd just been injecting a monkey with brain serum. And I'm taking some weird drug myself that keeps me awake for... For three days? Three days. Yeah. <laughs> I made this stuff and it keeps me awake and I'll be living more life than you. And it's like, and he's you're like, you a look like whack shit. monkey. Yeah. You are a drug addict. <laughs> you. And then he calls the monkey a junkie. Like, right? yeah, look at the hair. <laughs> right. First oh of God. all, look at that hair. Fix it. Yeah. Well, let's see. And what are you going to do? Complain. So much bigger. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> And second, you know, a little concealer for those rings. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. I have some orange juice once in a while. Not a good color for you. Mm -mm. Eat something. It's good for you. Take a nap. It's fine. All right. 
So in light of his hand moving, uh, Melanie drives Alan to the office of Dr. Williams, who's much better, uh, to get a second opinion about his paralysis. Alan learns that his condition may be congenital and that Wiseman might not have noticed it during surgery. Well, excuse me, might have noticed it during surgery, but did not as he was focused on the effect of the accident. Uh, afterwards, Alan vents to Melanie about Wiseman's incompetence. Disturbed by his anger, Melanie reminds Alan that he may be able to walk again, but Alan continues to fixate on Wiseman because why wouldn't you? He's Stanley fucking Tucci. <laughs> and he's a terrible person. He is a terrible person. But Dr. Wiseman, Wiseman is. Not, not Tucci. Stanley not Tucci. Tucci. Stanley Wiseman. Tucci is wonderful. At home, Alan calls Wiseman, but learns that the doctor is gone for the weekend. Insisting it is an emergency, he's given another telephone number. However, Alan realizes that the number is to a cabin that he's been to, owned <gasps> by his former girlfriend, Linda. <gasps> he's now justifiably pissed, and reacting to Alan's rage towards Wiseman and Linda, Ella sneaks away to the cabin and sets it on fire, killing Linda and Wiseman, which is probably a step too far, don't you think? Uh, after learning Not for me. No. Yeah, no, I don't Light think Light him up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, the, the only remorse I have with that is, man, that was a pretty cabin. That was a really nice cabin. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But Ella don't care about no cabins. Right. No, she's a monkey. She only cares about her man. Oh, this is... Her man that is, plays her music and dances... dances with her. Yeah, dances oh, with her. When she first turns on the music and dances, it's so cute. I know, but there's already a, a skeevy vibe happening. Oh, completely. Like, like when she this first man is going to... Yeah. When, oh, because we completely missed the part where she's trying to train her not to shave Alan. Yeah. She, it wasn't even training her. She's like, you can't do this. This is too delicate for you. You're a monkey. You are not getting a straight race. Yeah. In his throat. Oh, and she's pissed about it. Oh, so mad. Because oh. another she... woman is touching her man. Uh-huh. Right? And I don't know. Perhaps one of you can look this up while we're doing this. I don't know if capuchin monkeys mate for life. I do not believe so. I don't believe so either because most primates do not. Um, but yeah. It, uh. And then... When fucking Jeffrey comes back and tries to give her another shot, she's like, oh, fuck no with that chopper. Yeah. Just right. Up. That <laughs> scene That scene was vicious. Oh, yeah. It totally was. I'm like, oh, girl, somebody's going to miss a finger. Because that, that monkey was, like, slamming that thing down hard. Oh, yeah. That monkey. That was an angry monkey. Angry monkey. Still want a monkey. <laughs> let me know when you get one so i can never Here. come over again yeah let, let me let me just read this to you quickly okay. let me read this to you quickly let me ask if you still want a monkey hmm. male capuchin monkeys urinate in their hands before rubbing the liquid all over their body like a primitive form of aftershave i don't want a male i would have a female monkey they don't do that however with female monkeys you have to worry about diapers because they get you know the menses I have a question. <laughs> Much like a poodle. I have to put a poodle in diapers. Are too. males just garbage in all species? Much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except for the seahorse. Sea yeah. Which actually carries the unknown. Male males seahorses. are pretty much just garbage. It's cool. It's got to be the testosterone. It really has to be. Um, it doesn't seem that they mate for life. No, like I said, most primates don't. Yeah. I mean, even the higher primates like chimpanzees and, and gorillas, they are multi-amorous. Yeah. So, um, of course, they also have that weird alpha 
thing going on. Pack Alpha thing. Sort is, of, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but even though scientists say that's really not a thing. The scientist who claimed that it was a thing first yeah. has come out and says, no, I was completely wrong. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, that's not how that works. It's really not. So, but I will say that parrots do mate for life. And there have been several instances where there has been a problem with a married couple who owns a parrot and the parrot is in love with one of them. Like, serious, like, almost homicidal harassment. It's nuts. (laughs) It does happen. It does happen, but with birds. I also don't like birds. (laughs) Not like I don't like monkeys. Like, monkeys is like a terror. I'm just like, I don't really want a bird. I like birds, too. I can deal with them. Yeah. But I'm just like, mm, you're I, fine over there. For the longest <laughs> Not time, for, me. for the longest time as a kid, I wanted to be a falconer. I still want to well, be a falconer. Are you badass. kidding me? Right? Like, but, I don't even know if I want to. like, no, honey, you can't have There's a bird that, That's a different <laughs> level. Yeah, that's a yeah. different level of, of liking birds and yeah. having a bird. Fun fact, the only way in Ohio that you can legally own an owl is if you have a falconry license. <gasps> I need to get one. Scott would kill me. And we have cats. The owl would eat the cat. It would. It would. Depends on the size of owl. I, well, unless I get a Scops owl. Which are like the size of a tennis ball. They're adorable. I know, they're so sweet. <laughs> Pig widget from Harry Potter. Me too. But, um, then, of course, you know, importing an owl and the price of an owl and having an owl. <laughs> feeding the owl. Things like that would get difficult. <laughs> I have mice in my house. Like, right? This is... That's a problem that solves itself. (laughs) A cat or an owl? Pick one. There are two cats in my house. (laughs) And they're lazy as fuck, apparently. (laughs) What? You give me food? Why am I going to chase the rats? Exactly. (laughs) Food doesn't run. (laughs) Seriously? After learning of the fire, Alan tells Jeffrey and Melanie that Ella must have started it because he wished for something bad to happen to Linda and Wiseman. This is like the child that tells you that something's going wrong in any horror movie because he's at that physical level being dis- disabled mm-hmm. that they've kind of written that role. They're like, oh, you're just making stuff up because you're in the chair and you need to make your <laughs> life more interesting. Pretty much. And his mother says it. Yeah. His mother basically says that later. His mother's like the second. Oh, God. Fucking worst. Yeah, she is. his mother so much. Ugh. All right. At Alan's insistence. Jeffrey takes Ella back to his lab. Melanie invites Ellen to stay at her house for the weekend. Oh, the screaming. Yep. <laughs> As Melanie helps Alan out of his wheelchair onto the bed, she, he tries to kiss her, but misses. That right into her boobs. I mean... If you're not going to hit the lips, I, mean, I would assume that's your second aiming spot. A little motorboating. He looks away ashamed, but Melanie continues to help him onto the bed. Afterwards, she makes his day by having sex with him, which truly is not an impossible thing. I bet quadriplegics can do things with their fucking eyelids that would make a body scream. She worked the hell out of that bed crane. Uh, I mean, to be fair, if it's there, like, use it. Right? Yeah. I have a sling in the basement, kids. I am all about the lazy way of having sex. Let's (laughs) do it. Let's do it. Oh, you, you just want to stand there and just kind of push me back and forth? All right, we're good. That's what the swing is for. That's what the chains are rocking for. That's... <laughs> um, 
the the thing that makes me uncomfortable about this scene is it her bangs? It's is not it? her bangs. <laughs> can it be? It it, it it absolutely can get added to the list. Okay. Uh, I uh. So, um, <laughs> he, he accidentally motorboats her and then she steps behind him mm-hmm. and then she gives him this haunted look. She's very haunted, mm-hmm. sad look as she starts to unbutton her shirt. Right. And I thought that that was really weird. It was super weird. I'm like, are you doing it out of pity? Of course she is. Um, she's not, but she, yeah, she's not, she's not. She absolutely, she but her, so face, her face, like absolutely looks like, well, I guess this is my life now. Yeah. <laughs> and then I don't know if it was her first nude scene or not. I don't know, but I would say yes, because of the next moment when she's <laughs> laying on top of him and she still has the shirt on, mm-hmm. but there's nothing underneath. So she took the shirt off. She took everything else off. And then she put the shirt back on. Right. She didn't want to feel And completely. it seems that she tied it. Yeah. So just the boobs were just like, bleh. <laughs> and. I mean, they were, they were nice boobs. They were lovely boobs. They were nice. Yeah. But. Did, did why? She just want There's a like, lot of like logistical questions. And, yeah. and then, then my, the second is the bangs. The third. <laughs> The third is the screaming monkeys. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The screaming monkeys. I would be so unable to focus on anything. And, like, so I'm going to go out on a limb (laughs) and guess that this is the first time that she has had sex with a quadriplegic. More than likely. More than likely. Picks up quick. I feel that that's a safe bet. Yeah. Now, I don't think that I could really handle having sex with somebody that I knew and possibly fucked before. Yeah. Next to a giant series of cages of screaming monkeys. <laughs> but but yeah. trying to figure out how to have sex with this different kind of person and yeah. like be mindful of everything that I need to do. Right. While having this screeching cacophony of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> No, continue, please. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think I could do it. Like, good screaming cacophony of bullshit. Like, I, I applaud her for her upper body strength in, in using the, the crane. Um, because she was basically just doing pull-ups on his dick. I'm not sure if that was his dick. It was all it was all real dark. I think I was she's not going clear. rodeo style. There was on his a lot. Of, there was a lot of face action, but there was also a lot of times where I could see both of his lips, and he shaved the beard off. So unless she's like chinning it, then I don't know. <laughs> I then I, I don't chinning it. I don't know what she was doing. I mean, maybe the stubble on the clip felt good. I don't know. <laughs> I am not ringing in on this. <laughs> I am not going to ring it on that. Really? <laughs> Complete silence. No, 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 not that. This. <laughs> Sorry, I'm writing Chinning down potential it. titles for the episode. And I am three out of three right now. You are. You are. 
I mean, I, I, I literally, this is, this is one of the few films to actually depict sex with a quadriplegic. Um, I, I do know that there is quadriplegic gay porn. Interesting. There's at least one. I, I found it. It, it was the first. Uh, I, when I was looking for the other films that showed sex with a quadriplegic, which I was not able to get a firm list of, <laughs> by the way. Um, uh, I had found this article. I think it was Queerty or something like mm-hmm. that, uh, where a man uh, who was quadriplegic since the age of 18, he's like, I'd always wanted to do it. So I contacted him and said, hey, let's do it. And they got a, a, a regular porn uh, porn star. You know, I, I say star when I mean actor because really they're all stars in my mind. I mean, <laughs> um, when you say so regular, yeah. you should probably watch that. Because I, I assume you mean able-bodied. No, 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 no. I mean regular as in regular working. Okay. As in gets regular work. Not how it came across. No, Go I'm on. Sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. No, 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 no. Um, but also able-bodied. Um, uh, to, it, it was basically just, you know, he, he's fucked him. And he was like, this was the best thing. He's like, I probably won't be able to talk tomorrow, but I'm great. This was the best it thing. It happens. <laughs> you know, he, he was very happy to have done it. And I'm like, yes, because people with disabilities can and do enjoy sex yeah please do not discount that it's a wonderful thing for them to enjoy sex um just because this was filmed badly this was <laughs> filmed badly i <laughs> do think that it kind of dealt with it surprisingly respectfully it really did yeah it really did like i said she she picks up quick they mm-hmm. both you know they both pick up quick and they get shit done right right yeah it, it probably with screaming monkeys in the with background, no less. Screaming monkeys. Yeah, I mean, she's used to it. He's used to it. The in the house. Maybe they just meh. It's screaming monkeys. Didn't care. Either that, or they were just so into each other that the screaming monkeys didn't matter to them. Which is beautiful. It is beautiful. And badly. Yeah, beautiful. that's where we're gonna go with that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do have a question that's surprisingly related to yes. that. Yes, we do know. That that's not her house. <laughs> like they could have just gone right. to her house. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like But that's that's the option of not screaming monkeys was available. But, yeah, that, but that's where the he was. It was, was where not. he was. That's where he was gonna be sleeping. Yes. So she got him into bed and then just climbed yeah. on top and went to town. Right. Cause Bed grade. It also not is as clearly bed cake. <laughs> I do not believe in bed cake. <laughs> it is also obviously a, a a very bare set. Well, that's also where she was training the monkeys. Yeah. Yeah, but I I don't know. Just something about that whole uh, that whole room just screams set to me. Right. It was a set. Yeah. Because that's where she was pretending to be in a wheelchair and training the monkeys to do things for her clients. True. It was not meant to be an actual home or a place to really live in. Yeah. It was a set. That's a good point. It was a workplace. All right. So, yeah, I get it. I'll go with it. I get that it's hokey as fuck, but it's not really her house. Yeah. Which, again, you're right. She could have just managed to get the crane because, I mean, she got it into the set, move it to the house. 
but that would ruin the moment. It, it would take all this time. Well, she planned she on should have bringing the yeah, dude to her house. It wasn't like a super well, she spur of the moment thing. She wasn't planning on fucking him. True. But she would but still let's see. possibly have needed do I want to get this, him into bed. Do I want this person who cannot move to sleep next to a giant wall of screaming monkeys or possibly in my bed and I'll take the couch? Right. Maybe her bed's on the second floor. Hmm. Could possibly still have needed the crane to get him to the couch. These I don't are know all about. I'm just points. saying that I think that there are options. There, there were, in fact, many options. The primary one being, think before you bring a quadriplegic home for the weekend without telling his mother. <laughs> okay, <laughs> because that comes up. So next. there's 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 a few things <laughs> yes. to unpack there. <laughs> this guy is an adult. <laughs> <laughs> We'll talk about it. Okay. I, I specifically bring it up in my notes. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so, two days later, Melody and Alan meet again with Doc Williams, who agrees to operate on Alan if he's able to prove that he can move his body on his own. Returning to Alan's house, Dorothy expresses her displeasure on not knowing where her son was, and really, yeah, he's an adult, but an adult with special needs, and his caretaker and legal guardian really should have been informed of his whereabouts. Not answering the phone, I will give you. Yeah. Right. The she, he should have been, Mom, I'm going to Melanie's for the weekend. Yeah. Here's her phone number. I don't care if you don't like Melanie, here's her phone number, this is what we're doing. Yeah. But, Alan apologizes for his recent attitude, blaming Ella as the cause of his anger, which causes the whole thing. At the same time, in his lab, Jeffrey starts to believe that perhaps the serum is calling, causing Alan, Ellen, eh, Ella and Alan to have a mental connection and decides to take the remaining serum himself like a fucking dumbass. As Jeffrey passes out, the lab monkeys escape and tear apart the lab. Coming out of his haze, Jeffrey sees that Ella is gone, filling multiple syringes with poison. I believe it's sodium pentothal. Um, that or phenobarbital. Yeah. Um, Jeffrey drives in the rain to warn Ellen. Ella, Ella enters his house from the attic, and Ellen feels the monkey's angry presence. He yells hateful accusations at his mother. Upset, Dorothy slaps the fuck out of Ellen before leaving him in bed. Uh, knowing the anger is connected to Ella, he calls out warnings about the monkey, but Dorothy ignores him and takes a bath. As she sits in the bathtub, Ella electrocutes her with a hairdryer because she hadn't read that little warning sticker, and she was. <laughs> Jeffrey arrives and after helping Ellen into his wheelchair, confesses that he's responsible for genetically manipulating Ella. Suddenly, Ella appears and cuts Jeffrey's hand with a straight razor. Jeffrey pulls out the poison-filled syringe, goes after her after she, as she chews the wires off of the ringing telephone. However, Ella grabs one of Jeffrey's syringes and injects him with the poison, killing him. Ellen attempts to escape, but is unable to do so. Worried as Alan did, uh, did not answer his telephone, Melanie Parker arrives, but Ella trips her and knocks her unconscious. Ella tries to light Melanie on fire, but... Which is so cute, I'm sorry. That's adorable with her little matches. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but her rain-soaked clothes will not ignite. Instead, Ella finds Jeffrey's last syringe and goes to inject Melanie, which also... Oh, that's shockingly adorable. Fuck. It was it not was adorable. My world. There uh, was like a bunch of little like gentle right pokes with the needle trying right, to figure out where to stab right her. Right up including to her in the eye. Right. It, oh, it was, but it was still cute. <laughs> it 
most adorable. I'm Team RC on this one. I get it. It's fine. It's a needle to the eye. I totally do, but it was adorably horrifying. (laughs) It's a needle to the eye held by a monkey. That part I did not care for. The rest was fine. Like in the cheek. It's just, oh, it's just a little needle in the cheek. It's fine. The monkey, who has a history of A, already violence, right. and B, not even being able to brush somebody's hair because she's too forceful. Right. Yeah, the gentle needle poke is cute. <laughs> Alan is able to move his hand and turns on the tape player to distract Ella. Hearing the music, Alan, Ella goes toward Alan. Because he's saying, come on and dance with me, baby. He is full on seducing the monkey. He's seducing the monkey, the tiny, crazy monkey. <laughs> that is what happened. Every time. I, we, we also completely flew by I know. when he grows fucking monkey teeth. Totally. Bites I, his lip. Mm-hmm. And the little bitch draws up his body and licks Lick, it. Blood, kisses. Yes. Makes out with him. Right. What? Okay, what? so that, that brought up something that I thought I just hallucinated. No, you didn't. Uh, not not the licking of the blood. That I knew I oh, saw. the monkey teeth? The teeth, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize, like, I must have he missed grows, that. He grows them a couple of times. Yeah, he grows some little monkey teeth. I noticed them a couple of times, and I was... When it does the thing where it like cuts to him, then cuts to mm-hmm. Ella, and then cuts to him, and cuts to Ella. When he starts to go like, Brando, he grows the teeth. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, are his? Wait a minute, and that may be why he sounds like Brando because Maybe. he's trying to talk around the prosthetics. Possibly doesn't make it better. It doesn't make it better. It does not. Not at all. But it's a better explanation than we had before. True. Uh, yes. But no, he he. It's because of that connection with Ella. He's okay. getting more bestial as she's getting more uh, more intelligent. So that connection is causing that blur between the two. Oh, come you dance know, I, with me, baby. I want to hold you close. I'm like, this is disgusting. It was gross. This However, he can talk to me like that. Horrifying. He, <laughs> he can talk to me like that anytime he wants, but not to the monkey. That was seriously disturbing. Well, there are laws against that, but only in like 13 states. <laughs> It's sad and true. It is true. sad and true. <laughs> I can get fired in like 40 states for being gay, but only 13 states in the country have laws against bestiality. What the fuck, people? What Mm-mm. the fuck? Mm. All right. Huh. Hearing the music, Ella goes towards Alan while she hugs him and dances. Oh, they're dancing so sweet. Uh, while she hugs him, Alan bites Ella on her neck and tosses her back and forth like a goddamn shark until throwing her dead form into the wall and onto the floor. Later, Alan dreams he's being operated on by Doc Williams. With an inc- when an incision is made on his back, Ella bursts out. Yeah, I didn't appreciate this scene. <laughs> <laughs> this scene especially was a bunch of things I don't like. Because I was like, oh, God, why with the knife on the spine? Oh, why suddenly screaming monkey? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, he did those little, like, clutched hands, like, right up near his face thing. It was adorable. (laughs) It was not okay. The Wizard of Oz must have been terrible for you, RC. Oh, my God. (laughs) We won't talk about Return to Oz. The fuck I won't. I love that movie. That's also another I love that movie. movie that I was just considering 
putting that on my list. I love a that movie. Ago. It, it traumatized you. me. You love that movie? Oh, yeah. It's amazing. It, it, it traumatized me also as, uh, almost as much as NeverEnding Story, but I love that movie. It's great. I love it. The little fruits of bulk. It. The fucking memory gumball machine. I have to be in a really special place to get all the way through that movie by myself. I will sit there and help you get into that special place as long as you're providing. I don't buy buy my own anymore. The roller (laughs) skating guards. Right? None of it was okay and all of it was amazing. The queen with the faces. The queen with the (laughs) fucking faces. Mm, Yeah. God damn it. Yep. Anyway. Tangents. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, so, so alien chestburster scene yeah. with monkey. Awakening, Alan finds himself in the hospital after the operation with Melanie. Having regained his ability to move, hopefully after several months and or years of rehabilitation and physical therapy, Alan and Melanie leave the hospital together. The end. I can speak from experience that he would not be walking out of that hospital. Not my own personal experience, but my father just got home from the hospital. Mm -hmm. He has been hospitalized for several months now on a bed. And Mm -hmm. let me tell you, he can't walk too great. No, muscular atrophy. Yeah, muscular atrophy. He, he's he's not going to get rolled out to the van and he's just going to stand mm. up and get in the car. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to happen. No. Like even, said, even if this, even if him getting in the car was like a month later after he'd been in physical therapy for that long, he would not be getting out of that car, out of that wheelchair so smooth. Nope. And getting in the car like nothing ever happened. Nope. No. Nope. Let alone carrying a crutch instead of actually using it. Yeah. He does use it to help him get up. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. But then he, like, saunters over to the car, carrying that fucking crutch. Gets in the goddamn car. Fuck you. Thank you, Orion Pictures, for your unrealistic portrayal of, like, recovering from everything. I mean, yeah, it's a a movie. (laughs) All right, so the alternate ending. Yes. All right. I'm excited to hear about this because I don't have to watch it. So the other ending was the the original intended ending of the film, and this is direct from Wikipedia. I did not alter this much. Um, was only seen as a special feature on the Blu-ray release. Prior to Dorothy and Jeffrey's deaths, Jeffrey's boss, Dean Harold Burbridge, steals the remaining brain tissue serum and injects it into all of Jeffrey's, excuse me, remaining test monkeys. After Alan regains his ability to move on his own. Burbage is assaulted by animal rights protesters who had earlier uh, who had earlier attacked Jeffrey for experimenting on monkeys. Burbage insults them, then returns to the lab, where it's discovered that all of the remaining monkeys have completely taken control of his mind. Actually, I'm kind of glad they took that out. Yeah, that's a shitty ending. That is a shitty ending. I they're both shitty endings. They are. I, they are. <laughs> I would be. I personally would enjoy the Stephen Wright ending because. It's just as absurd as the rest of right. the movie. But remember that, yeah, I, I mean, I probably would have appreciated it either way. Because, frankly, I read Stephen King and he always disappoints me with it. So, here he is. <laughs> I got Michael It's just, it's just a shrug emoji <laughs> aliens. Oh, fighting words? Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Stephen King is a fantastic writer who cannot end a novel for shit. Fair enough. Cannot. <laughs> 
I love Stephen King, but I did not 100, I'd need 100 pages at the end of it of what's his face trying to heal his fucking girlfriend's mind with a bicycle. Fuck that shit. Fuck it. <laughs> End it at the sewer, King. End it at the sewer. Anyway. <laughs> yes. I know my shit, man. I know my shit. Um, now, and, uh, again, Romero directed The Dark Half, which was another book of his that ended weird as fuck. Um, but now this ending, uh, the, the Stephen Root ending, I believe, was the Orion original ending. Oh. That also did not test well. It wasn't the Romero ending. Um, I don't even know why Romero wanted to do this other than the fact that it was like telepathic monkey. And, and that's fine. You know, they, the studio, I guess, wanted to do it. They got Romero to do it. And he did his best with it. And then they fucked him over. They fucked him over hard. Because... Um, they recut the film against his witches. Uh, his wishes. Uh, first, they forced him to give the film a happy ending. Yeah. And then, because that didn't test well, they cut in the shock ending. So maybe this was the original ending that Romero had. I'm not sure. It wasn't the the Wikipedia article wasn't clear. Mm. But yeah, they uh, Orion just fucked this thing over so many times. R- uh, Roger Ebert uh, ultimately uh, gave Monkey Shines two and a half out of a possible four stars. Stating that it was too long with too many subplot, subplots. I don't see too many subplots. No. I do see too long. I do see too long. Too there's, long, there's, yeah. There's a bit that could be cut out. But I don't see a lot of subplots <laughs> happening in yeah. it. I don't either. I, I, I see mean, this, the setups for them that got cut. Mm. Um, like bits of the, the Burbage storyline. Bits yeah. of, yeah. There's a bunch of like little things that look like they're going to be subplots. But most of it got cut so i'm like Man. yeah so whatever i mean ultimately it we've got this movie that first you know actually takes a fairly honest look at the life of a quadriplegic mm-hmm. really i mean it for the time and for um our under, i mean i understand that i am not differently differently abled i do not have that experience right in my life i can't speak to it but it seems to be relatively accurate um, especially in terms of some of the statistics they gave in regards to people that are in accidents and are quadriplegic, uh, trying and to commit suicide. Yeah. You know, what is it? Six out of 10. Yeah. will will attempt suicide. Um, and how, a, how a person who is quadriplegic would go about their daily life. Um, again, it seemed accurate. I, I know it's Hollywood. I know it's dra- uh, made dramatic. On, on a number of levels. It did surprisingly, especially for the time, deal with his uh, disability in a really respectful way. Like, I didn't hear right. a single, like, slur from anybody. Oh, right. No. Um, and I mean, like, other than for... the nurse, who was just a bitch. And she didn't even use a slur. She just yeah. hated being there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, God has given me this burden. That line made me laugh. It was. It was, it was funny. She was, it was. It was terrible. Time. It was terrible. If you ever say that, like, yeah, as soon, a nurse, then you need to quit. Yeah. As soon as she said that, I'm like, "Bitch, no one is. T- no one is chaining you here. You go to your boss. You say, you know what? I don't want this job. Right. S- assign me somewhere else. Yeah. But that line did make me laugh. <laughs> right. Yeah, and and good on you, Romero, for for letting your wife say that amazingly funny line. Yeah. But um, and she delivered it well. She delivered it well. Um, 
but it, you're right. It was respectful towards people with disabilities. It was, um, I mean, not only that, he gained a superpower. Really? It, yeah, it didn't show him as, like, you weren't supposed to pity him at any point. No. no. You did at some point. At but some it points. wasn't, it wasn't like, I need to jump in and help pity. It was, oh. Yeah. You know, th- here's something that I'm sure will be solved at some point. You know? Um, I pitied when his mother moved in. Oh, yeah. Because... Yes. Again, but that wasn't because of his well. That wasn't she moved in because of his disability. But your pity wasn't. Because... She moved in because she always treated him like a child, and he said, so. "Yeah." She moved in because she wanted her baby back, and now she now he's helpless, and he can't do anything but be her baby. And that's what I felt pity mm-hmm. for. Don't don't do that to a person. Like I was saying with the whole weekend at Melanie's thing. Yes, he's an adult, so he should have some autonomy, even though he doesn't necessarily have the physical means to gain it. Right. Okay. Yes. He is, he is in need of assistance when it comes to actual movement, but he is an adult. He does have the right to say where he's going and with whom telling him that he does not have that right is abuse. And his mother is a horrible person. Yes. Mm -hmm. And she deserved what she got. Mm -hmm. She really did. Um, at least in this case, because she was, you know, not only did she, you know, tell him that, you know, give him shit about his girlfriend. He can't come play with you. Click. Seriously, lady? Yeah. Seriously? Are you fucking kidding me? Ugh. She absolutely 100% deserved what she got. She also, like, hated his service animal. Like, and mm-hmm. ignoring ignoring the batshit crazy plotline that the service animal goes down. Right. Like, early on, she still really didn't like it. And yeah. that was when yeah. Ella was, like, normal-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, helpful, making her son not kill himself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, letting, letting her son go back to law school. Yeah. And, and be, and have a, I mean, for a given value of normal, normal yeah. life. You know, and that's what service animals are for. You know, that is why service animals exist. I I understand the need for emotional support animals because right. they, they very much serve a similar purpose. And a similar, yeah. but very different. <laughs> very different, very different purpose. Um, I don't agree with the people trying to bring on the emotional support peacock on the plane. That's yeah. just silliness. That's just silliness. Um, that's someone saying I'm going to be a, an asshole about service animals. Yeah. That's not respecting what service animals are for. Um, yeah, it, I can see a dog. You know, bring a dog with you or a cat with you on the plane. That's fine. You know, keep them in their little carrier. They're right there with you. You, you know, maybe take the dog out for walkies in the middle of a long flight, whatever. Fine. You know, make sure you're bringing that, you know, make sure the dog's wearing a diaper. Yes. For real. Because nobody wants dog shit in the middle of the plane aisle. Um, but in this case, we're talking about a service animal that is 100% almost a necessary thing for this dude. Literally saving his life. Literally. Yeah. Until she tries to kill everything, which we're just going to ignore that part for just a minute. Until she goes Alex Forrest on him. 
Um, Alex Forrest is coming up a lot. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yeah, seriously, don't disrespect a service animal. Learn, especially if you have someone in your life that is disabled and, and depends on a service animal, like, like a service dog or a service monkey. They do exist. They are a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, no, thank you. you. But hard pass. Right. <laughs> like, if you have one, cool, great. I'm glad right. it works for you. <laughs> but but service animals give the differently abled a more full sense of autonomy mm-hmm. because they are a, a new limb. Yeah, for them, they are performing services for them. And while emotional support animals, again, perform a very different but similar function, mm-hmm. um, service animals are not pets. Right. You know, they're not, um, they're not, oh, cutesy, woodsy, oh, oh, you have a monkey, oh my God, that's so cool. No, this monkey gets me food. Mm-hmm. This funky, this monkey, funky, monkey, monkey. Um, this monkey makes sure that my hair is brushed. This monkey makes sure that I can do things around the house. Right. This monkey gets me things to do so that I am functioning in the world. Mm-hmm. Okay. This dog helps me walk down the street without walking into light poles. This dog, you know, helps me carry things that I wouldn't normally be able to carry because I'm in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Or can alert somebody if right. something medical happens. Exactly. If you see a service dog, Without a human, and the dog comes up to you, you follow that dog back to the human because something is wrong. PSA. (laughs) Yes, PSA, kids. Um, I know that that's been out as a meme, but yes, if a service animal comes to you without its human, something is wrong, and you should go help. Okay? But ultimately, yeah, this, this film handled disability and the service animal. Up until the psychotic part. Right. With respect. Mm-hmm. And Surprisingly well, especially for 88. Seriously. Kudos, Romero. Kudos. But it also dealt with the abuse that the disabled uh, you know, uh, occur in, in their family life and in relationships and in even their medical treatment. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got like the elderly in homes being abused by the orderlies and so forth. You've got people in long-term mental care being abused. Um, It happens and it's sad. Um, And this handles it again, relatively respectfully. You know, there's no, it's not ham handed, you know, as much as it's present, it's not ham handed. Mm -hmm. Um, and it also shows him as as this disabled person being a badass and getting himself out. Yeah. You know, he 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 is the savior of his own story, which is weird in a horror film. You often don't see a male protagonist being the person that survives. So, you know, it, and yeah, we had damsel in distress with Melanie at the end, but it was warranted. Even she tried to go help, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and the monkey just caught her by surprise. Mm-hmm. Like, like in any other. She was only movie. she was only a damsel in distress when she was literally incapacitated. Right. She right. wasn't a damsel in distress simply because she was a woman in the story. Exactly. Right. So. Exactly. So, but uh, still, I mean, that is one of the reasons that I that I like this movie as much as I do mm. because it is respectful. Um. Because it it doesn't 
for a lot of things. It doesn't play into a lot of sexist and ableist tropes. Mm. Um, yeah, you're dealing with with this person who is being abused in a wheelchair. And yes, that is an ableist trope. But again, it is being handled respectfully. So I don't, I don't consider it as ableist as I normally would. Yeah, there's also, like, this movie would would kind of walk that line between being, oh, this is an ableist trope, but also this is a thing that really happens. Yep. So it's, when it's both of those, then yeah. it's harder. I would, I, I really wish that there were more information on this from Romero in regards to what he meant. Because all of Romero's movies have a theme. All of them have a societal a societal meaning mm-hmm. you know when, when you're talking about you know night of the living dead that was you know the you know it was dealing with civil rights you know and um you know the the i don't remember what exactly night of the living dead was i know dawn of the dead which was one of them all dawn yeah dawn of the dead was rampant consumerism yeah mm-hmm. you know that was you know because you're literally trapped in a mall you know, how, okay, the dead are here. What are we going to do with all this stuff? You know, you know, George Romero is, is, is again, very, very well known for his, his thematic mm-hmm. pieces. I'm just not sure Orion let him get as deep with his theme as he, sh- as he should have. And I wish that he was still around for me to ask, you know, because I want to know, because this is actually a favorite movie of mine. I've always loved this movie. It's not great. It's not, but it's, it's a fun watch for me. It's, it's like you and your, your clown or whatever, <laughs> you know, those movies that you turn on, it's totally background. Stuff. Yeah. I can totally watch it. Um, again, surprisingly well handled for the time period in which it was filmed. So anyway, your thoughts on the movie. Oh, I love this movie. It's one of my favorite movies. Um, I forget the first time I watched this movie. I wanted to watch it for a very long time because it was next to Ghoulies in Blockbuster. <laughs> and both of the both of the movie um, like posters, the cover art, the cover art uh, spoke to me. Yeah, I they they also were kind of similar, and there was like this tiny little creature, uh, you know, l- looking at looking at you. I've always had an issue with. Um, monkey the symbol clanging monkeys because simply from that picture um i must skeleton crew for me skeleton that's another good symbol monkey on the front yeah so uh then i watched it and i wondered where it had been all of my life (laughs) and i it's not a good movie um it is there there's a lot there's so much especially with the monkey itself and the whole um situation like putting the 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 not disclaimer but the helping hands program um thing up at the beginning of the movie um there's so much thought put into the the monkey stuff mm-hmm. and then there's like no thought on how this could actually happen <laughs> and <laughs> no thought into actual science yeah like okay so 
all right, so how does your helping hands program work? Mm-hmm. Well, this, this, and this, and this, and this, and this. Oh, okay, cool, great. All right, so what is what are the daily struggles of a quadriplegic? Well, this, 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 and this, and this. Oh, okay, great. And then there was just no more thought given yeah, to um, anything. To anything. anything at all. Um, but you just make shaved ice out of a brain and inject it into a monkey. Like is, what what more thought do we need to put into this? Yeah, um, <laughs> it's kind of like in in ET, and like I I don't like I'm not I'm not trying to shit on ET. I love ET, but there's something that makes me laugh now, looking back and watching it when they get a hold of ET and they have him in all the plastic tents and everything. One of a, one of the scientists screams, "He's got DNA!" He's got DNA. Well, no shit. Um, everything has DNA. Mm. Every like living creatures and whatnot. Um, and it was also a very new science at that time in eighty mm. two. Yeah. So, but every time I just like it just makes me giggle. Uh, but <sighs> why do I love this movie? <laughs> I love this movie because. The acting is so uh, tenuous. Um, it's a good word for it. You know, there, there's just, there's a lot of overdramatic. There's a lot of jealousy for this one dude in the movie. You know, the, the mom and, uh, you know, Ella and Melanie. Melody? Melanie? Melanie. Melanie. It, you know, just... And then you, you like every once in a while, it's just peppered with little plastic monkey hands going for a bird, mm-hmm. or a, a stuffed toy getting swung in a dude's mouth for five minutes. That was a very long scene. Yeah, <laughs> I just the when I saw that for the first time, I couldn't breathe. I was laughing so hard. And my number one favorite thing in horror movies is the movies. The horror movies so bad that they're good. Oh, yeah. And that's where Monkey Shines falls for me. So bad it's good, but has randomly well-thought-out stuff within it. Yeah, yeah. See, I don't even consider it in So Bad It's Good. I just think it's good. Well, God bless you. (laughs) I mean, I... I think it's enjoyable. It's absolutely enjoyable. But it's not enjoyable to me because it's bad. It's I just think it's actually a fun story. It's absolutely a fun story as well. <laughs> but it's not a well put together oh, film. No. Oh, no, no, no. It's, it's edited badly. It's edited badly. You yeah. got the lead either like making weird faces or turning into Marlon Brando. Right. You got Romero's wife shrieking and being a bitch every five seconds you have melanie's bangs you got melanie's bangs <laughs> you got you got um you know strange sexual tension between a human and an animal there's just there's a lot that's mm. not good and it makes me love yeah. it yeah yeah i get it but it's not like one of those so bad it's good like a trauma film no, that's it's a, a different, different level. Kind of, yeah. Different kind of so bad. Trauma is not trying to be good. Oh, no. Not at all. This movie was trying to be good. Yeah. And it didn't make so, it. Okay, so it, I, I it was it. clawing. It was, you know, it was like one hand away from the cliff 
and pulling itself up and it just it didn't get there see i didn't consider it the so bad it's good like hilarious good like mommy dearest you know and you have every right to think that (laughs) (laughs) i did not like this movie of course i'm sure that this will come as a shock um (laughs) there are absolutely good things to say about it and i have when i have felt that it's appropriate throughout Mm -hmm. this this episode um but i i am pretty sure and i i kind of told both of you this so listeners buckle in for Mm -hmm. rc story time (laughs) i this movie was brought up uh two episodes ago yeah um two episodes ago after we had finished taping i had never heard of it but then, <laughs> over the coming week or so, uh, like I started thinking about it more and realized that the story sounded like vaguely familiar, but I couldn't figure out why. And then I started getting like I started remembering like stills from the movie, mm-hmm. and I think I, I maintain this. <laughs> I think that this movie is a part of the reason why I don't like monkeys. <laughs> because I think that I was exposed, intentionally or otherwise, to this movie as a very young child, and it had a very negative reaction I, on me. I get that, because Jaws... Yeah, I mean, again, little Bob, three years old, watching Jaws. I get it. I do. So, yeah, I... Sharks and like serious thalassophobia. Like I can't do open ocean. I can't. So I, I didn't like this movie. Like I said, there are good things to say about it. Um, I hope that I go an extended period of time without hearing a screeching monkey. <laughs> that that would be that would be fucking lovely. And I know, I know. That as soon as this episode airs. Max is going to pull up a YouTube video of Screeching Monkeys. <laughs> because Max is an asshole. We love you, Max, but you're an ass. <laughs> Fuck. And that I'm going to be tortured with this. Ken? Because I just... Just wait till people find out the other animals that I don't like. Because right. um, <laughs> there's a couple. Um, but yeah, like, this is for many reasons the monkey one being the most obvious this is not a movie that i would have sought out um i'm not sad that i watched it as an adult but i'm not super happy (laughs) like i i was almost at a turning point like okay I, i think this is kind of like, I didn't like it, but I could deal with it. I'm in, in, the I'm, a good, I'm in a good place. No. And then the monkey burst out of his back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <And> then, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Have to... <laughs> <laughs> I am sorry to have traumatized you. <laughs> but not really. Yeah. Um, so I, I... I have... We had a little conversation before. I have given him permission, if he so chooses, to pick arachnophobia at some point if he wants. <laughs> so I, d- I do not like this movie. I think that horror fans should watch it if you haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll probably get out of it roughly the same things that we did because the three of us seem to really run the gambit on this movie. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of did. Um, sorry, we ready for ratings? I think, yeah, Absolutely. I think so. Okay. So, yeah, I said it before. I, I love this movie. And it's mostly because I want a monkey. I have wanted a monkey <laughs> forever. I love monkeys. Monkeys are amazing. Yes, I understand that they take the amount of babysitting that a toddler would take. Um, I have friends that have a couple of uh, little tamarins, which are like monkeys the size of your hand. They're adorable. Um, and they wear little diapers and they take them up you know, on trips and whatever. And they're, they're just the most adorable little things. They're the most expensive little things and they're the most time-consuming little things. So I understand why my husband will not let me have a monkey. <laughs> so, but with that, though, I, I, like I said, this movie handles both disability and um, suicidal ide- ideology with relative respect, except for the case of Weisman, who doesn't treat anything with respect, up to and including, you know, Alan's ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's... It's well filmed, if not well edited. The acting is sometimes a little over the top. Yes, that goddamn Marlon Brando bullshit. And I don't ever really need to hear Joyce Van Patten's voice again. No. <laughs> or, you know, Nurse Ratchet. I don't yeah. need to hear that voice again either. You killed my bogey! Which I can't even do justice to right now because my throat's a mess. But... This is... Uh, I remember I taped this off of HBO and just watched it over. Maybe because I'm autistic. I don't know. I've never gotten a <laughs> diagnosis. But I just watched this movie over and over and over again. This one and Little Shop of Horrors because it was around the same time. We watched very different movies. <laughs> um, of course, when I was watching this, I was 15. Oh. Then yeah. maybe not. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, again, older than you. <laughs> but um, it it's a favorite in that I enjoy it. It's not a favorite in any kind of technical aspect because mm. it is, you know, for a big budget movie for the time, it's not well made. You know, considering other things that came out around the same time. Um, you know, Little Shop of Horrors was made better than this. Oh, yeah. But that was also a Henson production, essentially. Uh-huh. So... Um, that, that just always wins. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it's just fun for me. It's fun because I like monkeys. And uh, again, you know, it treats everything respectfully. It's, it goes off the rails in ways that you don't expect. And I kind of appreciate that because who's going to expect the psychic connection with a monkey? I would expect the psychotic monkey just in general. Yeah. Not necessarily the monkey knows how I'm feeling and it wants to kill people that I don't like. Okay, fine. You should have really examined one or the other. You didn't need both (laughs) the telepathy and the romantic angle. Yeah. But, you know, now we've got this little tiny furry Alex Forrest going all the fatal attraction on this thing. And it just adds that extra level of crazy that I adore. I love it. I love it. Um, on a, this is going to get two ratings on a Bob loves monkeys level. It is a five out of five adorable, cute little Ella's on a technical level. It is a (laughs) 2.5 out of five finger chopping monkeys. That's, that's how that's going to work because you know, that just 
angry, just chopping at that film with that chopper. <laughs> Who's next? I don't actually have a whole lot more to add for ratings. Hmm. I think I said everything in the pre-rating thoughts section. Um, I did not like this movie. I do think that there are absolutely good things to say about it. Um, But overall, not something I will probably ever watch again. Um, As long as I have a say in it, frankly. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I am going to give this movie... Uh, one out of five unnecessarily shaved beards. <laughs> oh, that poor beard. That beard was nice. That beard was a nice beard. That was well taken care of for months in the hospital. Um, so quick question, RC. <laughs> oh, God. Did you like this movie? <laughs> I have to say, <laughs> if I'm being pressed on it, but <laughs> I did not like this movie. I know that that didn't come across. I just, I just needed to be sure. It's fine. I have a problem being clear and direct sometimes. <laughs> so I get, I get your confusion. I was sending mixed signals. Uh, much like this movie. Oh shit! I'm sorry. I just had to. Um, so once there was a man whose prison was a chair. The man had a monkey. They made the strangest pair. The monkey ruled the man. It climbed inside his head. And now, as fate would have it, one of them is dead. Oh, that little tagline. I need to stand when I say this. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> I love this movie more than life itself in a lot of cases. Um, I will watch this movie regularly (laughs) and i don't know what what else there is to say except that this is one of the most beautiful things put on film and i give it 10 out of five needles to the eyeball (laughs) and i hate needles and that's that's how much i love this movie (laughs) okay my passion is abated i'm going to sit down now passes my passion for monkey shines. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I would I meet just, another person in the world. <laughs> for a minute, it was my th- it, it was it was my thing to show people. Stephanie, you like horror movies? What is it? You know, what should I, you know, l- watch? And I would make people sit and watch Monkey Shines with me. It was either Monkey Shines or Audition. And wow, Audition. Yeah, <laughs> that's a. You're just throwing them into the deep end. Yep. <laughs> because it's fun to see the people, see their brains melt and cook like fried eggs. And then get Trying frozen. to get these fucking movies straight in their heads. And then get frozen and sliced and then injected into exactly. a Exactly. Right. Obviously. I stand behind it. Ten out of five needles. Done. <laughs> I mean, I seriously, I do enjoy this movie. Maybe not that much. Maybe not uh, that I much. would watch this movie every day if I could. Well, I, I mean, I feel the same way about zombie strippers. Actually, <laughs> zombie strippers is a great time too. It is. It's a fantastic time. Um, but yeah, seriously, uh, we're we're all good. If you 
have questions, want to lay eggs in our brain, want to inject us with monkey serum, email us at bob at candycoatedrazor.com. You can check out the website at candycoatedrazor.com. Find us on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash candycoatedrazorblades. Find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash candycoatedrazor. Hit up our Instagram at ccrb underscore podcast. And don't go to the goddamn Twitter. <laughs> IMRC, you can find me in our Discord. Come talk to me about other animals I don't like. Try and figure out what they are, except you, Ross, because I think I told you. <laughs> <laughs> don't mess with the guessing game, man. <laughs> I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that I've told Ross. <laughs> Is it platypuses? No, they're adorable. They I love the weird little venomous water puppies. Right? <laughs> And I am Stephanie. You can find me, uh, Steph Hayslip, most places, or Night Pet with a Y instead of an I. And please read my articles at fangirlnation.com. I am sure I've spoken about monkey shines more than once in them because I love monkey shines. <laughs> I like octopuses. There has not been a good octopus one. Not a good one. Not a good one because it's so hard to do. But now we have CGI. Maybe. Yeah. They tried. It was Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. Okay. And then they did Shark. And Double Headed Shark Attack. And then Three Headed Shark Attack. Fuck you. Fuck you. All that now, kids. Bye. 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 <laughs> Octopus. <laughs>